0: Welcome to the Grey Wolf Podcast.
1: Here we go for a very special edition of the Grey Wolf Podcast. It is Ned joined by John. John, how are you? Back from Bali?
2: Yes, man. I'm feeling very refreshed. I've actually been asked by a few people if I got a tan over there, but you're probably the same as me. I've only got two colours. That's red and white. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm feeling really good.
1: Most definitely. We have the man himself on the line, Jock Landahl, Fresh off a very successful Boomers tryouts. How are you, Jock?
0: Good, fellas. How are you doing?
1: Yeah, really good. Thank you, man. Congratulations on the Boomers. We saw it coming. Oh, yeah, we picked it.
2: Big time. (laughs)
0: <laughs> no, I appreciate it. It was a very, very competitive camp, and I think that we've come out with a good squad here.
1: Nice. Well, we'll get onto that a little bit later on, Jock. I just wanted to kick things off, though, with the whole NBA Summer League. You did have an outstanding effort there with the Milwaukee Bucks, 18.3 points, 7 rebounds, and 1.3 assists. That's a pretty damn good effort there for the Summer League. How did you find it over there?
0: Yeah, it was good. It was super competitive, you know, like I think that at that point it was kind of, you know, in my mind I was a little bit confused and where I stood with it all and obviously felt as though I had some things I needed to prove since last time around. So once I got out there, I was there was some nerve, as there always are going into that kind of stuff. But you know, once we got going, I felt so comfortable and felt like I put together a really, really good performance. So all around, I was pretty, pretty happy with how it all went.
2: That's awesome, man. And like, of course, last year you were playing with Atlanta Hawks. Do you feel a year in Europe under your belt really helped with your preparation this year?
0: 100% think that that's one thing that I'm super appreciative of, Partizan and the coach and everything like that, is the European system really teaches you how to play the basketball. Like, they're so smart in what they do, and uh, just because, like, the, the way that their style is ran, like, it's really tough to score. And, like, I mean, you see that in the school boards. Like, a regular game is kind of like 60 to 70 points side, but, like, I just think that, like, terms of that kind of stuff, like going into Summer League, like I felt like I was mentally just knew the game better than most other people. So from that aspect, I felt good, but, you know, there's obviously a lot of other factors involved with that kind of stuff. It was good. I felt like I had a good run. Yeah,
1: and those numbers more than speak for themselves there, Jock. It's a real hats off effort to you, man. It's only a bit of a time will tell with the whole NBA thing. But before we jump more into that, we want to get a bit of a Jock Landale story. Can you give us a bit of a throwback of your journey to St. Mary's and beyond?
0: Well, I suppose the way it all happened when I got recruited was the coaching staff. I don't even know how it happened. They saw me on a, like a, a showcase or something like that and pretty much came out and said they wanted to see me play and at the time I don't think we we're in season or something like that. Couldn't actually watch me play in like a game or, you know, just like a regular setup. So I had to pull together all my boys who, you know, like four foot, five foot kind of thing and, you know, I was playing against those guys and that's kinda of where Saint Mary's like initially recruited me is watching me play against my mates who like don't really have a basketball background or anything. So <laughs> they let you beat them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly right. So I kind of went to Cooktown there and went over to St Mary's, where I was like super unfit and not prepared for what they had to throw at me. So when I got out there. I felt like I did a terrible job. And. Somehow they decided they wanted to have me and we just kind of went
1: from there. Yeah, I like that right there. And before we, you know, move on a little bit, I think that's a great way, John. Maybe we could do that for you. (laughs) We could just get you out there against me and the kids and whatnot and see if we can recruit you for St Mary's. Look, I'm
2: almost 30, but my NBA dream's still well alive, (laughs) Nettie. i just got to play against under 12 kids to make myself look better. But just uh, rewinding a, a fraction there, Jock, I believe you didn't even start playing competitive basketball until year 10. Is that right?
0: Yeah, about that. I played a little bit when I was way younger, but like I think I had like maybe four or five years off in between that and when I started like actually playing just basketball, which was in year ten. So from year six through ten, I didn't touch a cord, touch a ball or anything. So super late to the scene.
2: Yeah, it's a very unique journey, Nettie. We've spoken about this a few times, and anyone who's listening out there that might be in a similar situation, I guess you could say, unless you're our age, it's never too late. But how about your time at Geelong Grammar Jock? We've heard about the infamous Timber Top Camp, and we'd love to hear a bit more. about what that's all about.
0: So pretty much that's just you go up to the mountains, they kind of cut you off from society a bit. They take away all your computers, your electronics, your phones, everything, and you live in a cabin with like 12 to 14 other blokes and there's, you know, obviously there's girls up there as well so they do the same thing. And you go term by term where you have to write letters home, you have to cut firewood, you have to heat up the water in the morning to have showers, heat up the cabins, all that kind of stuff. So it's really basic living but it's really good to like kind of teach you how to be dependent and you know rely on your teammates and that kind of stuff it was a really good learning curve for me in terms of that kind of stuff but just for example we had like a job list one week you could be the captain of the unit, the next you could be cutting firewood, the next you could be getting up at 3am every morning for that week, getting that firewood out, putting it in the boiler, you know, heating up the, the water so the boys can all have showers at 7am, 8am, whatever it is, and then you go back to bed after you've lit fire and stoke the wood and everything at 3, so. It teaches you discipline, that's for damn sure, because if you don't get up in the morning and heat up the water, everyone has cold showers, and then if you don't cut your firewood like you're meant to, everyone has cold showers, and there are a whole bunch of other things, and then it's like at the end of the week, you have like a massive clean up every week, you know we're in the bush so there's dust and stuff coming in and someone comes around and inspects the unit and stuff like that and you have to have this thing like sheets have to be folded you have to have everything clean no dust under there and they make it fun like you know there's, there's games and stuff you make out of it but it's has gone good time.
1: Oh yeah, and it's interesting that you say that it's a good time because you basically described my version of hell there and the fact that you went through that, it must have made you so resilient and the fact that there's no technology and all that sort of thing, I think many of today's kids, I just don't think they could handle it. So again, hats off to you for it, Jock, that's an awesome effort.
0: Appreciate it, yeah, it was good
1: let's talk a little bit about St. Mary's Randy Bennett he's got a very good reputation and the name of one of the assistant coaches alludes to me but when we sent a tweet out he wrote back and said a great quote and like all great <laughs> quotes I think I'm forgetting it. but he said men lie women lie people lie or something but numbers don't lie talking about your stats at Summer League you just seem like a sort of a great guy can you let us know about St. Mary's journey in general
0: yeah man those guys out there are the best I mean Coach Bennett does a great job he's got a formula and sticks by it and sticks with what he knows and I mean, he's done wonders for me in my career. So, you know, I'm forever appreciative of everything that he's done to me. And as cliche as it sounds, like it is a family out there, it's a brotherhood. Like, those coaches, when you're in it, they're trying to discipline you. You know, they're trying to teach you how to play hoops, all that kind of stuff. And you don't really look at them as your mates. But, like, now that I've graduated and I'm out of that whole system, like, I look at those guys as, like, being some of my great mates. And, like, I'm sure the guy who sent you that is probably Justin Joyner or Dom Lippy. And those guys are, like, you know, 30 years old, so pretty easy for me to relate to him and. Uh, yeah, man. Like you know, those guys—they're some of my best friends. They've taught me heaps about basketball, heaps about life, and you know, it's crazy. Like you get out of college, and you're like, okay, I'm going to the pro. I'm sure everyone will just kind of like stop talking to me and stuff like that. I think I've spoken to Coach B more this year than I did like any single year at St. Mary's, and we don't even work in the same program. It's just now he's so he's so supportive, and he you know he cares so much about where you end up, and all he wants is the best for you. And I think that's like one thing that really defines those coaches is like they're always just looking out for your best interests and those guys are some of my best mates so it's pretty cool like when all this summer league stuff's going on and boomer stuff's going on coaches texting me like how's it going what's next how you playing where's your head at all that kind of stuff so like they're just continuously like staying right by your side because they want to be a part of the journey you know they put so much time and effort into us as players and as people as well but they really want to just like be a part of the whole ride. I'm completely cool with that because they deserve it. They deserve to reap some of the benefits of, you know, whatever happens in that career. And yeah, those guys are the best.
1: Yeah, that's, that's very awesome. interesting there. Like, you'd think that just, you wouldn't think it, but sometimes you, it may happen, people just move on to the next thing. But these guys really seem like they do genuinely care. And yeah, it was Justin Joyner, and he said, Men lie, women lie, numbers don't. I yeah. had a good crack that's at close. it. And I, can't, I can't agree more with that, though. No, it's I a...
2: think so. Numbers speak for themselves at the end of the day. And obviously, Jock Summer League's numbers have just sort of put you on a path of, I think, the next sort of six months are going to be pretty exciting yeah. with a lot of things going on. Oh, most so. definitely. This
1: boomers' fever is yeah. going to be very, very exciting times for you, man.
2: It's going to be massive. Yeah, but, no, just, but Just back on the St. Mary's, joke, it would have made the transition really handy having so many Australians in the program over there. You guys would have all hung out together I'm sure a fair bit. Did it make moving over there from Australia a little easier? It's
0: easier, man. I mean, you got all your best mates out there and or they become your best mates. But yeah, like having an Australian out there just gives you like mutual stuff to talk about, like you can catch up about the footy, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And you know, I'm New Dane and Emmett going into St. Mary's. So that made it super easy for me, it's just because I already had like mutual friends with them. And, you know, we could banter about stuff that was going on back home that we, you know, with other people and whatever, but it makes a massive difference having St. Mary's there. It just kind of brings a little bit of home out there. Cause you know, when you're moving around, you'd live in different countries and stuff. You can sometimes, You know, homesickness is obviously a real thing, but having those boys out there is like a big piece to it, you know? Yeah, that's all I can really say on that. It just brings a little bit of home with you and being out there for 10 months a year, 11 months a year, you want to try and get as much home time as you can. So having those boys there just kind of, I guess, alleviated a little bit of like the homesickness.
1: Definitely man And that sort of brings me To my next thing I guess On the side of Homesickness and whatnot. When we've spoken to you before We were talking A little bit about EuroLeague And the adjustments there And how you said You had a lot more of a Tough time with it In Partisan last year Can you let us know About your times there?
0: It was a tough year for sure I mean Everything in terms of basketball out there is unbelievable. You know, the fans are some of the craziest and best fans I've ever seen in my life. You know, that really added to the whole experience, but when you're in college, or when I was in college I already knew people going in, and it's a real, like, family vibe, and, you know, everyone's kind of looking out for each other, and they you throw know, throwing dinners, and all that kind of stuff, and, you know, you're living with the people who are kind of your fans, and stuff like that, and it's just easier to, like, adjust to, but, like, when you go into a professional life and you're in a major city, and you You've got teammates who have families and girlfriends and, you know, they've got all their mates that they've grown up with living five minutes down the road from them. It's just a different scene, like, you know, on the weekend after a game, you you know, and you say, hey, why don't we go catch up and get a drink or get a feed or something like that? You know, a lot of those guys are like, well, I gotta go home and look after three kids or hanging out with my girlfriend and whatever. So it's lonely out there, man. Like that's all you can really say. It's just, it's a lonely lifestyle. And that, you know, those are the sacrifices you make. And I wouldn't have it any other way. So by the end of it, it kind of gets a lot easier get through it just because you figure out things to kill time and uh, you fly people out or whatever it might be but yeah that's a big thing it's just like flying people out you know like keeping yourself like occupied with like other people's time and it was definitely tough and also the pressure that like kind of put on you out there is, is tough as well because you, you always want to do better and get better and get to a bigger league and, you know get more money what all that kind of stuff and it's all results based and performance based so I think that that's just like something that I had to adjust to a little bit and I really struggled with it the first six months and then it kind of got easier but yeah man like it's super different and it's something that it's kind of hard to put into words because I mean half the pressures I was dealing with I didn't even realize I was dealing with until I took a step back from it all and I was like damn like that really affected me.
2: The one thing that that we probably haven't mentioned is like you did all this in your early 20s. I mean like that'd be a hard enough transition to do for an older person, but let alone leaving home, going to college, going to to Europe to play. All this before you've turned like 25, man, like that must have been a huge adjustment. I'm assuming like the team sort of supported you through all that. They would have loved having an Australian there and they would have supported you the whole way through, yeah?
0: Yeah, for sure, like they would always kind of try and look out for you as best they could, but as I said, like, they've got their own lives to live and just kind of like in Summer League, like whilst they're on your team, you're also competing against them because you want to get to the next level, get to the biggest salary and all that kind of stuff, so I don't know, it's, it's kind of a weird deal, but they do, they look out for you as best they can.
1: That is very interesting, actually, and I've only just thought about it then, like, yeah, because it's not quite the NBA, even though it's still very, very impressive. I guess it's sort of like a dog-eat-dog world Mm. sort of thing, like your teammates with the person, but you're both sort of gunning to... Make that spot. Yeah, to make that step up.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's like exactly what Summer League is, right, Like just Trying to make that next step, all that kind of stuff, but in a longer term or longer sense, it's like the exact same in professional life because everyone's always trying to chase more money and you know get to the NBA or get to a better team in Europe or whatever it might be. So it's different,
2: it's definitely a dog eat dog community, I suppose, in a way, when you're sort of trying to fight and try out for a spot on the team, but just on a lighter note, Jock, I mean, you've obviously been away from home for a while. Do you miss your mum's cooking? I know you're home, or you've been home <laughs> lately, but you must miss <laughs> mum's lasagna or something, right? He's put on 15 <laughs> kilos. Absolutely.
0: <laughs>
1: Absolutely. My mum's the best
2: cook
0: I've ever had, so I'll take her cooking over anyway, but and that's one thing I've definitely missed. Not so much my dad's cooking, but definitely my mum.
2: And a quick shout-out to Mrs Landale, of course, good friend of the show. <laughs> we love Mrs Landale,
1: man. She shows a lot of love to Grey Wolf, so yeah, much love to Mrs Lindell for sure. And that's dead serious. You were talking about making money and all that sort of thing earlier, Jock, and that sort of leads me to this, and I think one of the greatest things about you that not many people would know or might not know at this stage is that you raised some money for mental health by doing one of the most crazy things ever in treading water <laughs> for, how long was it? It was almost... 12 hours nine or something, and really? And oh, oh, just yeah, nine and a half. It's not that no, it's
2: not all. <laughs> Come on. God, you <laughs> oh, got to tell yeah, us a little bit about that, man, because we've spoken this a few times and that just sounds like hell. I mean, treetop camps up there, or timber top camp, I mean, all for a great cause, of course, but gee, it must have been hard on you,
0: Jock. Yeah, that was a very interesting night. I think we were hallucinating by about the five-hour mark, but yeah, pretty much, you know, as we've been talking about, like, had a bit of a rough year out in Serbia and was dealing with some mental health stuff and... You know, I just kind of decided that, like, you know, I wanted to do something to give back because I used to look at people that I knew with anxiety issues or depression and just, like, kind of look at them and shrug it off. Like, I just don't understand how this affects you. But then, you know, once you go through it and you're in the thick of it, like, you really start to get a grasp of, like, how serious these issues are. So I followed Kevin Love on Instagram and see he's doing a lot of stuff with uh, mental health. Awareness and, and then I kind of combined him with a bit of Kyle Corver. And Kyle Corver does like a challenge at the end of every season just to I don't even really know what the purpose of his thing is, but they will just do a really tough physical challenge. I guess it was like bonding or something with his boys. But so we kind of, me and my mate Evan I kind of took the two of those, put them together, and we decided, hey, like, why don't we do a crazy physical challenge? broadcast it out to social media, see if we can raise some money for mental health awareness and this year we decided to tread water from sundown to sunrise, which was seven fifty five at night until six AM in the morning or something like that. So it was about ten hours. Wow. And it was Crazy. So that was a really, really brutal night. But we didn't even try and raise money this year. We were just like, how about we just broadcast it out to everyone, try and create some awareness about the whole thing, and, and see if we can, we can get any traction with it. And straight away we had people hitting us back, you know, saying, hey, we want to donate now. We had people donate and send photos in of like them donating a hundred bucks or whatever it might have been. So yeah, man, it was sweet. I think it was something that's got potential, and we're gonna keep doing it. So we're starting to brainstorm some ideas, and we're we'll probably going a whole Somewhere at the end of our season next year and partaking a challenge, but it will not be anything to do with water, I can guarantee
1: that. <laughs> yeah, you did mention in the past that you look like fairly pruned up afterwards. <laughs> <I'll bet. laughs> which I can imagine, so we need to start scratching our heads and yeah. thinking of
0: well
2: <laughs> <laughs> think of some ideas. Have you got any early suggestions, Jock, that we can maybe maybe we can give you some ideas or some thoughts around it?
0: We had thought we were going to carry like a, a log or a, a rock or like something heavy up like a mountain and we were thinking maybe doing it up Yosemite or something like that but because that's kind of California local to us but we haven't really thought too much about it. Yeah, it's too tough to say right now but I mean we get a lot of free hours when we're out in the professional lifestyle so I'm sure that we'll come up with something in all those free hours at some point.
1: I also feel that's a little bit unfair on your buddy Fitzner there because you did do timber top <laughs> yeah, so like that'll be true. like a walk in the park for you <laughs> one hand. (laughs) He's like, yeah, come on, let's do this We should go survive in the woods for a week And he's there in
0: the fetal position
1: position In the corner of the room And you're just like, this is nothing
0: (laughs) Nah, he'll be alright Big Fitz is tough, so he'll he'll tough it out
1: It's gotta be a Fitz thing, yeah, Johnny Yeah, of course. I like that, man Well, that leads us into the Boomers Well, it really doesn't lead us into the Boomers But let's talk Boomers and the Boomers camp Can you tell us about the the competition there and, And the feels around the camp?
0: It was super competitive, and the one thing that that really stood out to me was how there was no selfish egos in it at all, like everyone just wants to play for their country and wants to do everyone proud and wear the green and gold with some serious pride, and I think that that's like the biggest thing, is everyone was just kind of supporting each other and helping each other to try and get better, and it was all for the green and gold, so I was a little bit shocked going in, I thought, you know, maybe people would try and like just mentally stay engaged with their own thing and be selfish, and it was crazy because the ball just moved. There was no selfishness. No one was really trying to, you know, put up 40 points every practice. It was just, we were playing team basketball and out there just hooping. Like, we are a bunch of mates and it was great. There was really, really high level competition in there as well. So, I think a lot of the young guys stepped up and dudes who hadn't been in this program before, such as myself, like, I think we all showed up and, you know, we'd just been introduced to the systems. I think we did a pretty damn good job and I think it's something that will definitely uh, carry over into future generations. But, it was exciting, man. You know, going up myself against Bainesy and Bogart and playing against, you know, the younger boys like Brock Modem and Jonah Bolden and stuff, it was sweet. I kinda of held my own against them and played really well and you know, now we're here, heading off to playing the World Cup hopefully pretty soon. So yeah, no, it's good. It was fun camp and I think we're a real threat to take it all the way to the gold medal. Yeah, we are
1: very much looking forward to it. And they obviously thought very highly of you because not only did you make the team, you did get to sport that bucket hat. <laughs> yeah,
2: we got to ask about the bucket hat, man. And where can we get ours? This is probably another good question, which we're uh, got to research.
0: Mate, <laughs> no, first day we were in there, we was doing some photo shoots and saw this bucket hats sitting there, and I was like, "Oh, like that's me, 100," percent because I used to love wearing bucket hats in college <laughs> and stuff. So, jumped straight on it. You know, everyone was kind of giving it a laugh and loving it, and just kind of went from there there, but yeah, unfortunately they wouldn't actually let me
2: keep the bucket hat. So oh, come off. on! That's a bit, that's a bit rubbish. It's <laughs> alright, so we'll send you one. So, so flat. <laughs> I guess on a bit more of a serious note, like hearing what you're saying about the competition between the Aussie guys, and you know, it's that pride to wear the green and gold, isn't it? Like, you must really feel like basketball in Australia is in a good spot, even considering the, the quality that was at that camp and a few that missed out. Like, I think we're on the verge of some really good times with Australian basketball. 100%. I
0: think that the young guys really did a good job. Stepping up, and you know we're obviously missing a whole bunch of young dudes like Dante and Ben Funmaker, and got those young guys like. Josh Green coming up and all those boys and I think that over the next couple of years it's just going to keep on getting better and you know those old boys are setting such a good tone on you know what it's meant to look like and leadership and all that kind of stuff in the group that I think that it'll be something that'll only keep getting better and I think that the guys who are veterans on the group now and in the leadership group have really just like set the tone on that for Basketball Australia and I think they'll continue to do a great job and probably be ambassadors for it and all that kind of stuff so it's pretty easy to kind of step onto a team like that when you've got you know the leadership that you do but like basketball in australia is really on the up i mean you see it in the nbl nbl is getting more funding they're starting to make some smart decisions with their business associates and stuff and I think that it's just going to keep on rising and I think that'll reflect in how well we do in the Olympics, World Cup, nationally, all that kind of stuff. So it's super exciting aren't
1: you? Yeah, it definitely is and I love how you referred to the older people in the group as the old boys <laughs> who are probably all at least 10 years younger than me so <laughs> that's
2: fantastic right there. Yeah. Good on you daddy.
1: I just had to throw that in there. I had a very yeah. feeling old moment like Joe Ingalls, how old's he now? He's just doing amazing thing over there at the Utah yeah, Jazz.
2: Yeah, I mean, every player on that roster is doing something really awesome, and it's it's that generation. Like we're talking, the old generation, I suppose. But geez, Joe, you must get a lot out of having a camp, having spending a week with Andrew Bogut. Like you know, you, you must be able to bounce so much stuff off him. And Bainesy's there as well. And as a big guy, yeah. like you must be, you feeling very lucky to have those mentors.
0: 100% man and it's not even just basketball stuff I mean you talk business with these guys and they've been through it all they've, they've seen everything and you talk business with them you talk about you know just stuff in life in general and they've had numerous experiences they've seen millions of different things and that kind of stuff's super interesting to me just because these guys have experienced so much and they've been in such crazy situations for so long that i feel as though they have a really good grasp on like a lot of aspects of life that don't necessarily you know correlate straight to basketball but they're people that you can really like sit down and have a good chat with and just like down things off and that's definitely something that i've been taking advantage of We'll continue to do so even you know after the world cup's over so those guys have no problem with taking you under their wing and trying to teach you as much as they can on the court and i think that's one of the pieces i'm just trying to focus on the most is you know soak up the time i have with all these nba champions who have been big parts of you know the Australian program and have had unbelievable careers because they understand the game so well and they understand you know what comes with it and stuff so just trying to soak up as much information from them as I
1: can yeah most definitely and you know moving along from that I guess Jock Zalgaris is that's what's up after the Olympic campaign yep so what do you think your expectations are there what's the future holding Zalgaris for you
0: I think that it's another opportunity to go out and compete for a championship and really just push myself in the right direction and you know and hopefully reach the goal of the NBA eventually and it'll help me leap some bounds just to you know make the right steps towards you know making the Olympics team and all, all my goals are like right there within grass and I think this is just another place where I can really go and learn a lot more about basketball and keep working on my body and my game and yeah super excited it's just you know the culture out there is one that's very similar to partisan you know it's the fans are diehard fanatics and they just throw themselves into basketball during the season and whatnot, so it makes it seriously easy just to kind of enjoy the game whilst you're out there because the fans go so hard and you kind of feed off their energies. I think it's a really good opportunity for me just to keep furthering my skills and learning more than I can getting another great worldly experience so I've heard it's quite a beautiful country and I've heard that the city of Calumas is really nice. I'm excited to get out there.
2: Nettie and I have been talking about the Jock Landale story for a while, haven't we Nettie and uh, yeah. we, we seriously think it's on of if the NBA calls it's when man so of course you're sitting by the phone waiting for that phone call but yeah I think it's not too far away
0: yeah appreciate it fellas I think you're pretty spot on there as
2: well
1: It will happen And we've said that in the past And we do quite often Talk about it The Jock Landau story It'll be a movie one day man. Yeah it will be I hope I'm in it (laughs) (laughs) That regrettable interview With uh, Grey Wolf But yeah I was gonna gonna say man Like with going to play In Europe And then obviously At some stage You will be in the NBA We'll just put that out there Do you think you'll do Like what Andrew Bogut Did and come back And play in Australia Is that something That you could see Like possibly 10 years down the track
0: For sure man I think it's something That I would love To happen right now Just cause you know I I miss being home I miss being around my friends and family and all that kind of stuff but it's something that one day I'll definitely do. It's just such a good country and, you know, I'm, I'm very patriotic in that sense. I miss it. I love it here. So if I can, you know, hit two birds with one stone and playing basketball for a, a long period of time, but also living in Australia and doing it, you know, in the prime time summer, like, I think I'd be stupid to turn down an opportunity like that. It's definitely something that I'll, uh, I'll have a crack at eventually and who knows when that'll be, but I'm looking forward to
2: it. Look, make sure you keep us in the loop for when you do because we have a spot on our Monday. Night team. If you're prepared to travel a few hours, we could definitely use a big guy. Just put it out there. Oh, done. Oh, I'm nearly <laughs> in
1: the D- done, right. Well, that's great. I will come out of retirement. I'll be nearly dead by the time you're back in Australia. But yeah, I'm coming out of retirement to play with Lando. Looking forward to it. I do like that and very much appreciate you taking some time out, man. The future is all sorts of bright for you. Massive congratulations on the Boomers and Zilgaris and oh, however you say, just everything coming up. It's all very exciting. But before we do let you go, can we please grab a recommendation from you. It doesn't, it can be anything. It doesn't even have to be basketball related. Just something a little bit different that might surprise your fans to find out about you, Jock.
0: You guys are going to give me a heads up on these questions. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, No, 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 you're good. I'm starting to get big into photography at the minute. So I'm really enjoying, you know, doing a bunch of photography and, I think that that's probably one thing that nobody really knows about me. And I actually, I'm not embarrassed about it, but I think it's just a little bit quirky and, you, know, you know, artistic in me almost. So, um, I've just bought one of these Nikon cameras and I think they're unbelievable. So I suppose if I was going to say, you know, if you're looking for a good time killer and something fun to do, go out and take some photos and get into the whole editing thing. Cause it really is, it's quite interesting how it all works and a lot of fun.
1: Oh yeah, I think wow. that's great right there. What a, immediately, Dave in Edinburgh comes to yeah. mind. I see Jock Landell out there, like with the.
0: Be a bit hard to hide behind <laughs> a tree when you're
1: six <laughs> foot
2: ten. Or... <laughs> Why is that tree taking photos <laughs> of me? Oh, I like
1: that right there, man. Yep, yep. no, it's good. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for taking some time out. Really appreciate it. Be sure to keep an eye on this man when he hits the courts for the Australian Boomers at the FIBA World Cup, August 31st to September 15th. Support one, Landau. Instagram.com, Jock Landau is his Instagram page and twitter.com slash Jock Landau to keep up to date with all things the man himself. Thanks so much, Jock. Really appreciate it, man.
0: No worries. Appreciate you guys having me on.